Welcome to Corwin's Leaders Coaching Leaders Podcast with host Peter DeWitt. This podcast is from education leaders for education leaders. Every week, Peter and our guests get together to share ideas, put research into practice, and ensure every student is learning, not by chance, but by design. Tanya, how are you? Peter, it's been too long. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has. It's been a few hours since we... It's been a few hours, even though for our listeners, I would imagine there's at least seven days in between this. Um, so how are you? I'm doing well. It's always a good day when I get to see you three times during the day. So I agree. I agree. So we have a special guest on today. Yeah. So we have Danny Bauer. And Danny's just, um, and this is not a word I use very often. I almost feel authentic or unauthentic when I say it. But Danny's one of those guys that's just really chill. He makes me, um, at first, I feel uptight when I'm talking to him because yeah. I'm like, I wish I could be this kind of this cool. But Danny is a principal development and retention a retention expert. He is a best-selling author of Mastermind, Unlocking Talent with Every School Leader, um, which he actually wrote for Corwin. And he has a he has a new book out that I wanted to talk to him about, which is Build Leadership Momentum, How to Create the Perfect Principal Entry Plan. Um, and I, you know, I enjoy the I enjoy when I get the opportunity to talk to Danny because He's one of those people that definitely thinks outside the box, but I don't think he does it on purpose. I think yeah. he just does it because that's how how he thinks. So it's always enjoyable when I get an opportunity to talk to him. And one of the things that, as you know, from that people hear during the podcast interview is that Danny really talks about the idea of a 90 a 90 day plan, 90 day entry plan for principals. And I think that's important because. You know, I remember being a principal and just kind of getting handed the keys. And and even though I was in a supportive district, it still felt like, wow, I did really well in that 90 minute interview. And um, now I'm a principal of a whole building <laughs> and I don't have assistant principals and it can be very intimidating. So I think his work around the 90 day plan is is a good one. Yeah, I think it's super smart. So just to agree with you on your first point, Danny is very Zen. Sometimes I think he might be almost meditating while he's talking to us or I'm meditating or it is just, <laughs> he, he talks about how one of the goals of this book is to have a stress-free start to the school year and that that's been realized by some of the people who has used his work and he just lives that. So it makes it very, um, it adds a lot of credibility to what, working on this 90 day plan, this entry plan could really do for you and feeling like you, you know, have the confidence for starting off the school year. So um, unfortunately, there are probably too many gaps to fill when it comes to all kinds of education training, educator training programs. But luckily, we have people who are doing what they can to step in and, and fill the void. And I think an entry plan the first 90 days is just super smart. Yeah. And, you know, for people listening to this, whether you're listening at the during the middle of the school year, at the end of the school year, and, you know, you're going to be going into the beginning of your school year, it doesn't matter. Um, I think his ideas around the 90 day plan are probably a good one to pay attention to. So I hope listeners really enjoy the interview. Yes, listeners enjoy and we will see you on the other side. Come explore Corwin's free new teacher toolkit and resources. We've curated these resources based on extensive research from teachers, coaches, and principals alike. 
Whether you are brand new or a veteran teacher, find ready-to-go teaching tools at corwin.com today. Danny Bauer, welcome to the Leaders Coaching Leaders Podcast. Peter, anytime I get to spend just a few minutes with you is a really great investment of time. So thanks for having me here. Uh, it's good to see you. I know, you know, I know most people will listen to the podcast, but if they get a chance to hop on YouTube, I want them to just so they can see the the pictures that are up on your wall right behind you in your office. Those are those are really awesome. Yeah, you know, I was telling you in the the, the pre-interview chat uh, as I walk in, just for people, and yeah, check out check out the video for sure. Uh, I see all the values right that have been illustrated, and I find it incredibly motivating and inspiring. But really, you know, a better leaders, better schools, the foundation for everything is when you get better, everybody wins, right? And so I'm unabashedly very pro principle, and I just care about that leader and helping them, you know, get better. And that's what we do. Yeah. So let's get into that a bit. So you have a you have a new book out, Building Leadership Momentum. It came out a few months ago. How to create the perfect principal entry plan. And um you also did it with Ariel Curie, who I know really well because she was she was my former editor at Corwin. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about where this book came from, because you and I were talking offline about the 90 day principal entry plan. And you said that, you know, it's really kind of an untapped area. So so how right. do you how'd you get there in the first place? Well, I really enjoyed, you know, working with her and uh, she was uh, the lead editor and um, on Mastermind, right? When we first started that whole project, which became a bestseller and we're, we're super proud of, you know, what we did there. And, uh, you know, just struck up a really great relationship and said, hey, what do you think about, you know, partnering with me on, on this? And um, the goal was to create a book that was extremely practical, super niche, right? Just on one topic, no fluff. And it's under 100 pages. You can honestly read it. Uh, probably on flight from Syracuse to Albany, right? That, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> but six, honestly, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, you've read the whole book. And what I tell people is to uh, uh, gift yourself like a three to four hour deep work block. And you can honestly read the book and crank out your 90 day plan in, in those three to four hours and just set yourself up for success for the school year. And as I, as I was thinking of just like, what can I, you know, what can I create and how can I help people? Um, it just, it dawned on me, like, this is actually not really taught. You know, I started talking to leaders, you know, I coach mentor a bunch of school leaders and who, who showed you how to do an entry plan? Nobody. Right. What do you use? Well, and shockingly, a lot of people admitted like, oh, I don't really have a plan. You know, we just kind of do what we always do, try to do it a little bit better, but a lot of it's sort of like frustrating and trying to rethink and reinvent the wheel every single year. This is madness. So what if, you know, what if I share a template that's worked for me? And uh, before the book, you know, we, we created a five-day um, challenge where I taught this to leaders. And I saw just so much growth and so much, uh, you know, just results and that kind of thing. Just turned it into book form. And now we got built leadership momentum. So, yeah. So, so talk to me a little bit about, because you're right, you know, one of the things, because I was a school principal too, and even in a very supportive district, sometimes you like, you just handle and they're like and that's it <laughs> hey you did really well in the interview so uh good yeah. luck you're gonna you're gonna do really great um yeah and we i feel like when you're running workshops and stuff you'll have people say why didn't i learn this when i was doing my administration degree or my school leadership sure. and so you're right they kind of go in and there's all this pressure that they're supposed to 
they're supposed to know it all. And just mm. that's not the case, right? I find that the work that you and I both do, it's not letting people off the hook, but it's it's kind of trying to soften that anxiety they have because they, they think they're supposed to know it all. So what mm. do you do within those 90 days? Like, what are the suggestions that you have? Even if it's, you know, people are going to be listening to this mid-year. People could be listening to this podcast toward, you know, the the middle or so no matter when they listen to this podcast, some of those people could be starting their first 90 days because we know how principal turnover works and everything else. Yeah. So what what are some things you focus on within those first 90 days that you think people that principals really need to know and and focus on? Yeah. Well, the plan is so important. You know, the the Stoic philosopher Seneca said if one does not know which port one is sailing, then no wind is favorable. So there's you have to understand, right? There's wind at your sails. You're going somewhere. The way I say it is, if you don't know where you're going, you might end up there, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, okay, you know, that it was planned that way, you know? So anyways, um, that's that's sort of the guiding force, like have a plan. And you mentioned somebody might be listening to this, a school leader, it's mid-year or whatever, they just hired. The best thing about a 90-day plan, and this is sort of the, the punchline of the book, you could do it for the first 90 days, but then you could do it, you know, three more times. You could do it four times a year, right? And so it doesn't matter where you are. This is a structure that you can use to just like really hyper-focus over the next uh, quarter, next 90 days. Uh, with all my work in back to the when you get better, everybody wins, you know, there's a there's a framework and there's like five buckets that I call them. But the first bucket um, is always you. It's Peter. Right. It's Danny. It's like, what do we need to sustain us over the next 90 days? Uh, you can't pour from an empty cup. So what do we need to fill ourselves up so that we're able to give right and to serve leadership is service. But if you're not taking care of yourself and running in the red, it doesn't matter how great your plan is like, it's just going to not be so good. So the framework is you. Uh, we talk about communication, uh, academics, uh, culture and operations. Right. So those are the, the five big buckets. And then there's a process as well, you know, sort of the pacing. And so it's like preschool, there's some planning to be done in all those buckets. Uh, and then we break it down first day, first week, first month, second month, and then your your last month of the plan. And, and that's how we roll it out. Yeah. So one of the things that we've been hearing for a long time is that principals are, the workload of principals has increased. It's one of the reasons why they leave the job. You know, NAS yeah. and LPI had that. Great study that came out a few years ago that said the workload yeah. is um, higher than ever. And one of the things I think it was interesting about that that I you know learned after is that there are two researchers, Vivian Robinson and Helen Timberley out of New Zealand, that wrote a paper in 2000 that said the workload of teachers and leaders has increased over the past 30 years. So basically, our workload has increased yeah. over 53 years, which happens to be how old I am. So one of the things that I'm wondering, though, is because what Robinson and Timberley have said is that we contribute to our own workload as much as any initiative does. Mm -hmm. So how does the work that you do with leaders help them to a place, because I read a lot of, of what you write, and you know you often talk about the difference between maybe, and I'm not going to use the words right, the regular leader and the ruckus maker. Um, how do you get ruckus makers to actually not contribute to their own workload so much mm. and get caught up in that because I feel like they just like they feel trapped in that sometimes. 
Yeah, that's a really great point. And, you know, the the feelings, if you're feeling trapped, right? Like, how are you going to respond in situations and that kind of, it's, you're not as uh, curious and open-minded. You're probably really a very reactive leader versus a proactive too. So, you know, some I, I talk about with ruckus makers and I, the edges I play with, you know, the bad guys is what I call play it safe principles, right? Yeah, These well, are folks that just, yes. you know, protecting tradition and doing things, you know, the way it's always been done. But in terms of a ruckus maker that wants to really optimize their leadership, create more value for their campus and community, uh, I try to teach them like frameworks and tools and principles, right? And so you have something like the Pareto principle, for example, but uh, also known as the 80-20 principle. And so just realizing that really 20% of what you do creates 80% of the value on your campus. So is there a way to... Uh, identify what is creating the most value and then realizing that the other stuff is just kind of busy work. It's not really moving the needle very far and yet play it safe principles will spend incredible amount of time on those things that aren't really moving the needle. And then we're stressed out. Right. And, and all of, all of the stuff we're talking about. Um, the other thing too, is, you know, you were, you were mentioning that we create our own work. So if I'm a principal and I'm just great at like clearing my inbox and responding to any, everybody, you know, quick or whatever, you're just creating more work for yourself in terms of email. Does that make sense? Right. Cause like you get back to people and you're creating a bunch of emails, sending it out and you feel great inbox zero. But then those folks just all know, oh, he's he's on email. He responds quickly. I'm going to send him more email, right? So that's just like a small microcosm of doing low value work that creates more work, more stress for you versus, uh, you know, going to see a teacher and providing meaningful feedback. That's going to move the needle versus email. Yeah, I uh, that, that whole management <clears throat> versus instructional leadership kind of battle. Um, yeah. And, and you're absolutely right about the email thing. I find that sometimes what happens is we're going to use your language. This is not mine, just in case somebody wants to complain. It's totally yeah. Danny Bauer, but, you know, the place. Email me, Danny at betterleadersbetterschools.com if you don't like this. Not Peter DeWitt. Leave him alone. But the Leave him the, alone. You know, the played safe principles, um, they're focusing. <laughs> I think you're right. It feels good to kind of check that off the list. And the scary mm. part, especially if, you know, what we know is that from a self-efficacy research standpoint, is that if you feel confident in your actions, you're going to double your efforts. And if you don't, you're going to slack in your efforts. Mm. I talk to a lot of principals that you do as well that um, don't feel confident going into a teacher's classroom, especially when it's the content that they never taught. Right. So what are some things that people can, what are some how are there ways, because I know that, you know, you have a lot of successful coaching under your belt. And thank you. So one of the things that I wonder is when you're in those discussions with the principals, what, what are some steps that you get them to take? So that that idea of walking into a classroom of content they never taught is less scary than it might be in their head because yeah. it's, because the other side of it, as you say, the ruckus makers are the ones who see that are as the important conversations. How do you get them to move from that play it safe mentality to that ruckus maker mentality, especially when it comes to going into the classrooms and giving the feedback that you were talking about earlier? 
Yeah. Well, in uh, in Mastermind, you know, that I did with uh, Corwin and the National Superintendents Association, yeah. we talked about the ABCs of powerful professional development. Authenticity is an important part in creating psychological safety so people can show up and be themselves. So first, you know, creating a space where uh, a ruckus maker can say, like, I don't have confidence here and these are the worries or concerns or whatever, and meet them in that moment, you know, reflect back to them, that kind of thing. Uh, but then in, in, a, in a loving way, because the C is for challenge, right? Peter, it's not about you, right? You're, you're lacking confidence in this person, you know, that's a content expert. Or what I find too, um, providing feedback to a teacher who is mediocre or average, right? Pretty easy or feels easy. But that pro teacher, right? That's like the best, a god or a goddess in the classroom. How can I ever give this person feedback and listen to the words? How can I like... It's not about you. It's right. about this person. So sometimes just a subtle, even just perspective shift, right? What is it that this teacher needs? You know, do you know? Are you uh, aware of their hopes, dreams, and aspirations as a professional and where they want to go? And once you get a sense of that, you can help them move along there, right? Um, the other thing, too, is just be open-minded. Ask a lot of questions. You're you're a mirror, right? To me, you're a mirror when you're providing feedback. And even the best, best, best teacher is going to miss things that they do or don't do. And if you could just, in a, in a direct yet compassionate way, share that feedback, they're going to love it and grow, right? Because we all, you know, there's things we don't see that only you can see. And that's, um, that's part of the coaching, you know, uh, framework, I guess. Yeah. And I, you know, I just, I love the idea of going in as a learner. I feel like um, for sure the best experiences I have are the ones where even when you're running a workshop, you know, we're coaching it, going in as a yeah. learner, see what can I, what can I learn? Because from a ruckus maker mentality, I think we all deal with that. I mean, you deal with that even, even though you wrote a book on it, I I'm sure you have that mentality and, and me too. Like we get called experts all the time and I don't feel like an expert. I feel like Mm -hmm. wants to go in and learn because we don't have credibility in all areas. I often talk about, you know, when I first started in this role 10 years ago, I was an elementary school principal and an elementary school teacher. And yeah, I had a lot of experience, 11 years as a teacher, eight years as a principal. But then I started working these in these huge high schools with over 3,000. Yeah. That's not an area that I had credibility. So the ruckus maker mentality is something we all have to have because yeah. we all have those areas that can that can actually be be scary as well. What is um so far, you know, the book's been out for a few months. I know that the summertime was definitely a big time because you're going to be kicking off the school year and all that stuff. Is there yeah. anything that you've heard that surprises you? Like from people that you've been working with um going through, because I know that just you know, the two of us, when you write a book, we have a great opportunity because we can use that content in the workshops that we're running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we write the book. And so you, you, it's great because you start to hear that direct feedback and stuff. So is there anything that you've been hearing that maybe surprised you or something that you didn't think about before um, when you had written the book? So you, uh, just to clarify the question, so like somebody, a ruckus makers read the book and then has given me feedback yeah. and has that surprise. Yeah. Well, uh, so John Unger is a principal. Uh, I think it's an elementary school. I'll have to double check that, but I do know he's down in Arkansas. Um, and after he implemented the plan, something that surprised me and remember, so just to connect some dots, we had the plate safe principal who's like super stressed out, reactive, you know, this kind of thing. 
John said, Danny, after I implemented what you taught in the book, uh, my start to the school year was stress-free. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't make that up. That's his words, a stress-free start to the school year. I'll take it. Right. And then uh, another friend of mine and also somebody I've coached and mentored for quite a while, uh, Chris Leffler, who's a principal in Delaware, um, he showed his, you know, 90 day plan to his supervisor and the supervisor said, that's the most detailed entry plan I've ever seen. Right. So again, connecting more dots and not having that confidence, right. Giving feedback or whatever, but how about just starting the school year? Here's the keys. Good luck. Right. Yeah. Well, imagine entering a school year, just so confident, right. That, that you're ready and you're prepared and set up for success. So those are the the kind of things I was hoping to hear. Um, I don't know that they they necessarily surprised me, uh, but it really is satisfying, you know, to get that kind of feedback. What kind of transfer? Because I I know that you know you said when when we all do well, you know, you were you were talking about that. What kind yeah. of transfer have you seen with principals using it with teachers? Because I would imagine that when a principal is really kind of engaged with the 90 day plan and has done the work, you know, that metacognitive, I mean, it's metacognitive because you have to think about why you're in the first place, but also like looking at the future with goals and that stuff. What is the transfer that you've heard about with principals who are using this with, with teachers? Because I would imagine teachers would benefit from this as well. Well, you know, I think it also it it breeds and um, uh, just creates more confidence because there's clarity in the direction we're all headed, right? And the process, you know, I I truly believe a principal is hired to lead, right? So you draft the plan first on your own, but then you start to incorporate more and more voices, right, to get feedback and make the plan perfect. Uh, so as you you as you go through that collaborative process, right? The fact that folks do have a voice in it and it's a shared goal that we're moving toward, um, that just, yeah, I mean, breeds confidence throughout a throughout a culture. And that's a beautiful thing. So the other deal, too, if you ever, you know, that metaphor, um, folks being in a boat rowing in different directions, right? That's just because of a lack of clarity often, right? We don't know where we're going or how to do it. And, and you haven't defined success, you know, in the nitty gritty detail that you need to. But with a plan, if you do it the right way, it's really clear. Like, this is where we're headed. This is what success looks like. And then people can figure out, all right, here's how I can contribute to this collective effort. So, yeah, everything I teach is for sure, you know, applicable to the classroom as well. Talk to me a little bit about the mastermind um, process. You know, you've been yeah. doing you've been doing that for a while. What does that look like with the groups that you, is it, is this like a monthly thing? Is this a, you know, what does, what does mastermind look like and how can people get involved with that? Yeah. So uh, it's actually weekly, right? So uh, a bit intense in terms of the cadence, but it's incredible support, right? So, you know, at this point we have a, Peter, we have 11 different cohorts, right? With 90 ish school leaders from around the world. Um, mostly North American times, so Pacific, Central, East Coast. Uh, but we do, we, we've opened up a group that is for uh, Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. And they meet uh, Monday nights, their time, but earlier on Mondays for us. We even have two women's only cohorts in our first ever uh, BIPOC cohort. So we're doing some really fun stuff. But again, you know, thinking about confidence and that kind of thing, one of the biggest challenges in that is going it alone. So first, having the perspective just on me, how am I ever going to do this? 
but then trying to do it on your own, right? Isolation is the number one enemy of excellence. So if you had if you had a a, a, a you know cohort, uh, a board of advisors of other growth minded school leaders to meet with weekly and go in depth, all things education and leadership, there's just no way you're not going to grow, right? You're just going to get better. And the nice thing is, um, you know, having these uh, critical conversations with your peers, you also get an inside look on how other leaders process and think and problem solve, right? So that is absolutely invaluable. But yeah, it's a it's a weekly, weekly cadence. That's, that's awesome, though. I mean, I, you know, we know it's needed, because Going back to the NASSP LPI study, one of the things that was cited was the fact that principals don't feel like they have access to coaching. So you're you're providing access to coaching and the virtual, I think the virtual sense is really opened up. I mean, I know people were doing it before COVID and I get that. I I think because of COVID, people really saw more of the value in this could be this could work for us so we don't have to travel we can actually tune sure. in so i think that that definitely helps people understand that access is a little bit more immediate than maybe they were thinking beforehand but yeah i feel like the guy that was you know listening to burner boy who's who's blown up right uh, yeah. these days and he has great great music i was listening to him before the grammys and all this kind of stuff right so i feel like that but we were on zoom playing on that way before the pandemic so we've been on there since 2015 and i'm like you know i, I was one of the originals you know right. so I, I think it's less i mean i think yeah there are there are the <laughs> early adopters but there are the people that actually were not well i would they were the play it safe people that yeah, yeah. Maybe didn't see it as a viable resource. And then during COVID and for after, sure. They definitely saw it as a as a viable resource. So yeah, hundred percent. Well, Danny Bauer, it's always good to talk to you. The the book is um Build Leadership Momentum, How to Create the Project Principal Entry Plan. And uh you you did it with Ariel Curry, who is one of my favorite people too. But um, you know, congratulations on everything and uh thanks for being on the Leaders Coaching Leaders Podcast. Like I said, always a privilege to spend some time with you. So thank you. So Peter, I thought um, that that was prime Danny, ruckus maker Bauer. It was really, um, he never fails to deliver in particular because of his authenticity. I mean, he really does seem to live, breathe and practice what he preaches. Um, Something that stood out to me, I thought you asked a really good question around one of the reasons principals may not get to the hard work or they might be, I can't remember the phrase all of a sudden, but it's the play, I think it's the play it safe principle. Play it safe. Yeah. Right. The ones who are afraid to do the hard work is because it is very hard. It is particularly quite scary to go into a teacher's room and have to give them feedback. Um, and maybe, you know, not maliciously and not on purpose, it can be easy to look for reasons to avoid that. But this simple thing that came up Um, which is just perspective shifting, which is if you can understand that when you're going in to have that conversation, maybe two things stood out. Go in as a learner. So if we do that, it it helps to mitigate the fear that you're not the content content expert or you don't know. Um, And go in remembering that it's not about you. And maybe it's not even about the teacher. I mean, while it's certainly about both of you, it's, it's definitely about the kids. And if you can have that front and center, it might make that first step, which is arguably the hardest step, um, happen. 
to get to get so to make sure that you're not spending time on the stuff that really does not have high impact. Um, so that really stood out to me. I thought that was great. One of the I think one of the threads, one of the things on my mind as I was doing the interview, as you know, we interviewed Pam Snow from New Zealand mm-hmm. about, about reading and um when the the podcast interview is available, I think people need to be able to listen to that one too. But one of the things Pam Snow was talking about was literacy as a public health in, I- issue. And after hearing that from her, when I go into a conversation with somebody like Danny and we're talking about school leadership, I'm thinking the same thing. This is, you know, education is this public health issue where we want to make sure that we're getting it right and going in to challenge ourselves and challenge the thinking of the people that were, are with us. Playing it safe is no longer okay. We have yeah. to be able we have to be able to push the boundaries because that's in fact what leaders do. And Danny, you know, refers to them as, as ruckus makers. So engaging in those conversations is really important. And and just sitting, checking email, I get it. I understand we both have been school leaders. So I get the idea that sometimes that feels good because we can tick something off our, our list, but it's really not, is that contributing to, what Pam Snow would call a public health issue, where we're actually trying to get the best education possible for all of our kids um, within the school. So I hope that makes sense. I think that's a mic drop, actually. I think it makes a lot of sense. And that really gets to the heart of the issue uh, of why I think we're doing what we're doing on this podcast, what Danny and Pamela Snow and and other people who are are making noise in this area. It's because we understand that. I mean, education is one of the most important things that we do. So going back to his work, being really clear about what your first 90 days are and what it is that you're trying to do and where you're going to put your time because it is a scarce resource. There's no question about it. If you focus here, you can't focus there. Um, Getting really clear about that is an, an extremely important first step because like another guest of ours says, it can be very easy to lose your North Star once you get into the business of doing the day-to-day work. It gets very easy. Yeah. So um, I think it's a great contribution. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, I, uh, you know, in the, the past few workshops, I've been asked to, I, I do this thing called a microlab protocol. Mm-hmm. And there are a series of three questions and people get a minute to think about the prompt and then they get a minute to talk about it to their their two other peers. And one of the things that one school district wanted me to focus on is the legacy of the leaders within the room. So I was in El Paso, Texas. And and so the first question I put up was, what do you want your legacy to be mm-hmm. as a leader? And I've used that um, a few times on the road since then. And it's a very powerful question because when we're when we're in it, we don't always think about our legacy, right? We we think about the day-to-day, we think about answering emails. But I think when you think about leadership as down the road, when you're looking back, what do you want your legacy to be? Something I think about quite a bit um, these days. I think that also will contribute to making that 90-day plan and also making those conversations that we could consider or what Pam Snow considers a public health issue really important. Because do you want to know in 10 years down the road that you engaged and challenged those conversations or that you took the path of least resistance. And I think that's what Danny's talking about with ruckus makers as well is not taking the path of least resistance. Yeah. Yep. And doing it in a way that you can still sustain yourself for the long haul, right? <laughs> it's the combination of both. Yeah. Well, 
Tanya, another another successful conversation. And if people want to, you know, talk to us and give us feedback on the podcast or even say, Peter, why didn't you ask this question? Um, you know, feel free to give feedback and stuff. But thank you to everybody who listens. Uh, I can speak for both of us to say we really appreciate it. And I really appreciate the people that come up to me when I am on the road to talk about how they listen to the this podcast as well. Wonderful. Yeah, we're doing our part to change the world 20 minutes at a time. That's right. <laughs> Until next time, Peter, I always enjoy learning with you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. And I'll probably see you in about an hour and a half. Sounds about right. <laughs> Bye, Peter. Bye.